Well, before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Well, this week is a continuation of uh, a series of Haftorah portions that are themed around the idea of comfort. And God wants to comfort us as we are preparing ourselves for the high holidays. He wants to comfort us when we're in mourning. And he wants to comfort us when we are facing threats and dangers of different kinds. And, and so I've, I've called this message after the threat. Because we in, in this part of Florida have just gone through uh, a, a challenging period where we were getting ready for a storm that could have been disastrous for us. We saw how much damage and how, how, uh, how much harm was done in uh, the Bahamas. And we, and we could imagine what would have happened to us if the storm with all of its fury had parked over our area for several days as uh, a category four or five storm. It would have been a great, great loss of life and great loss of property. And so we were spared, others were not, but it's important for us at this time to thank the Lord and to say thank you Lord because we were spared. And it's important to understand that this is a broken and troubled world we live in and it's filled with storms. How many can attest to that? That there are storms in life and not just hurricanes and not just weather storms, but there are storms in life that can get the best of us. And it's important to know where to stand in the midst of a storm and where to stand before a storm comes. Now, I want to focus on the Haftor portion this week. If you'll turn to Isaiah 51, I actually want to introduce a verse that precedes the Haftor readings for this week. So some people, you know, think I should be uh, straight-jacketed in if it's not in the Haftor portion or the Torah portion or the Britachadashah. If they didn't get a written notice of it, I shouldn't use it. Well, I don't wear that straight jacket. I, I think that the whole word of God is useful. How about you? And it's good to pay attention to context and to see things um, that lead up to the text that we're actually reading. So Isaiah chapter 51 is the beginning of our Haftor portion, but the verse I want to start with, verse 11, is not in the Haftor portion. And I'll read you two translations. So the redeemed of the Lord will return and enter Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Gladness, joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. That's one translation. And then here's another one. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. An everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow 
and mourning shall flee away. This is a powerful description of the way that God plans to work to bring people through trouble and then out of trouble. And what happens when you get to the other side of the trouble and you're still depending on the Lord? You see that the sorrow in the morning flee away. And what remains, what remains on your head, if you will, what are you crowned with, is joy and gladness. So you went through trouble, but you made it through the trouble, and you finished up in a good condition. And that's what this is describing. The redeemed of the Lord will return. So if you're in the middle of trouble, understand this. It's not the end of the matter. It's not the end of the story. God is with you. He will take you through the trouble. He will bring you through times of grief, times of sorrow, times sometimes that are even hard to imagine because they're so challenging. He will bring you through that and he will comfort you along the way. You are not abandoned. He is with you. That's the verse that precedes what we want to, to read. Now, the Haftorah portion, verse 12, the very next verse, is a fascinating one because it's the Lord speaking for himself. And he says, I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. Why are you afraid of a man who must die, of a human being who will wither like grass? You've forgotten Adonai, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth. Instead, you're in constant fear all day because of the oppressor's rage. Now, if you've ever experienced threat, you know how easy it is to fall into the trap of fear, where all you can imagine and all you can think about is how bad it's going to be. If you can imagine it, then it must be even worse than that. And the Lord says that that's a trap that you don't have to fall into. The reason you don't have to fall into it is this. The Lord's with you. The Lord has comfort for you. You're in constant fear all day because of the oppressor's rage as he prepares to destroy. But where is the oppressor's rage? The captive will soon be set free. He will not die and go down to Sheol. On the contrary, his food supply will be made secure. For I am Adonai, your God, who stirs up the sea, who makes its waves roar. Adonai Tzavaot is my name. Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts. I remember as a kid trying to understand what is a host. There's a better word the Lord of, with battalions, the Lord who has under his command battalions. I have put my words, this is verse 16, I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand in order to plant the skies anew, to lay the foundations of the earth anew, and to say to Zion, you are my people. So here the Lord is saying, there's been a storm. In fact, you know that I can master the storm. But I'm also watching out for you. 
It's not just the storm to keep your eyes on, it's me who you need to keep your eyes on. And the Lord speaks about something in these, in these uh, key phrases that are quite poetic. I've put my words in your mouth. Now that's an interesting one. How does that even fit in? I, I want to explain it to you. This is how I understand it. The Lord will give to you something fresh from him where you will know with your own mouth what to say and that will help you think. Have you ever been in a situation where your mind tells you it's going to go from bad to worse? Have you ever been in a situation where your heart tells you it's going to get much worse? And have you ever been in a situation where your spirit disagrees with your mind and your emotions? I know I have. And this is speaking about that, that that the Lord can put a word in your mouth that goes against and is different from the very thing that, that you find easier to imagine and to emote about. And the Lord will say, I'm going to do something. I've had this experience where I've uh, made assessments about threats and things that, um, that are being orchestrated that could do harm to me, to my family, to us as a congregation, to the Messianic movement. And there have been times when I really can see how it can go from bad to worse. But recently, as I was processing that, the Lord said, it's like the storm. And I thought, what storm? This storm. The storm that threatened us, but didn't make landfall. The storm that we had to prepare for, but actually didn't do all that was threatened by the storm. And I remembered this prayer. It's called uh, Birkat HaGomel. It's the, the uh, thanksgiving for having been rescued or delivered or survived even. And as I was remembering that, I thought, oh, this Shabbat, we should say Birkat HaGomel together. It's a good prayer. Whenever you've gone through difficulty and you've survived it, it's worth thanking the Lord. It's worth expressing gratitude. And then uh, a friend of mine uh, texted me and, and said, this whole storm and all that was about to happen but got turned away, it reminds me of Birkat HaGomel. I thought, okay, well, that's two. I don't need any more than two. In the mouth of two witnesses, three is good, but two will do. Let something be established. And so I made it a point, I am going to... Uh, lead the congregation and saying Birkat HaGomel um, today and tomorrow. So at the same time, there was another situation I was facing and I was thinking, oh, this is going to go bad. And the people I, w- I was dependent on hadn't communicated with me. Uh, and so I thought, oh, you know, when you don't hear, you know what that means. It's got to be bad news. Well, this morning I wrote them and I said, I need to know the answer. And I got back good news. Now, here's the thing. Before I wrote, 
the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Birkat HaGamel about that thing. My mind said, no way. My heart said, no way. But my spirit said, that's the word of the Lord to me. So now I have to harness my thoughts, right? Because you've got to bring thoughts captive, right? I had to harness my heart because it was going in a different direction. And I had to take a position according to the word the Lord put in my mouth. And then I spoke it. I spoke it to my wife. I spoke it to my wife so I could hear it. Do you ever have to do that, guys? You know something from the Lord, but it's hard to actually get it into your spirit until you tell someone dear to you. And you tell them. And while you're telling them and they're receiving the blessing and the benefit of the word, then you can receive it yourself. And that's how it was for me. And so I, before I wrote to get an answer, I got an answer from the Lord. That's important. Now here was the implication as well. Even if I got a bad answer, the Lord is still protecting us. Even if what was threatening us was going to move forward, the Lord was still protecting us. That's where the word of the Lord has to take precedence over every other perspective. Because we can more easily say, well, I've got the evidence that this is going to be bad. And yet the Lord can say, even if it's bad, it's not going to be bad the way you think because I will protect you from spiritual harm. I will protect you because your life is hidden with me. Doesn't mean you won't have difficulty. Doesn't mean there won't be hard situations, but the Lord will not allow those things to come into our lives to do serious spiritual harm to us, though they may produce pain. They won't do harm because God is protecting us. I put my words in your mouth. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. I read that with a shadow of my hand and I said, I don't think I like what that says. I would rather be covered by his hand. <clears throat> and so I, I read the Hebrew. It's like, what is this talking about? And the Hebrew is more clear. Um, and it's made more clear um, when you understand that there's another work going on. You could put it this way. I, um, I see that you're in the hot burning sun and I'm gonna provide shade for you. I'm gonna reach out with my hand and cast a shadow so that you'll be in the shade, so that you can grow and not wither and you can put your roots down and be established. You can be planted and be fruitful and productive. That's what this uh, passage is about. So when the Lord says, I'm gonna cover you with the shadow of my hand, you could say, I'm going to cover you in such a way that my hand makes a shadow. Why? Because that's what you need. Now, here in Jacksonville, we can understand this because as soon as the storm left, what happened? We got hit with a heat wave. Hot sun, burning hot. 
and uh, several days of hot temperatures. And you know what you really want at a time like that? Shade. You want some cloud cover. You want a nice breeze. We don't have that, but we do have this in the spirit, the shadow of the Lord's hand. You may be in a difficult situation right now yourself, but I want to tell you that this word that's being read all over the Jewish world this weekend, this is a timely word for you. If you're saying, I don't know if I can make it, the answer is this, the Lord is casting a shadow for you. He's reaching out for you. The Lord knows that you need protection and he's reaching in your direction. You may think that you just need his hand to scoop you up and move you, but he's stretching forth his hand to cast a shadow to protect you. And in that way, you will be able to remain planted and your roots can go down. If you know anything about plant growth, you know that plants need stability. They need to be planted so that their roots can get established. And if you, uh, whenever there's like uh, extreme weather, if your solution is I'm going to pick up my plants out of the ground and move them, those plants won't thrive or survive. They need to be protected in different ways than that. Well, let's move on to another part of the Haftor portion, Isaiah 52, verses six through eight. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, they will know on that day that I am he who speaks Hineni, here I am. This is so powerful. My people will know my name. My people will know who I am and what my name is. And they will know that I am the one who speaks and says, here I am. And then verse seven. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Proclaiming shalom bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation. And in Hebrew, announcing Yeshua. It's a sound-like word, but it's the noun form of the word. So the name Yeshua is like a verb form, uh, God saves. But this form of the word is salvation, but they're sound-alikes. You say them the same way. So when you hear it, it's this, proclaiming Yeshua. And it has two sides to it, salvation and who Yeshua is. <clears throat> and saying to Zion, your God is king. Now this is really an important statement. If, if you had been in uh, the land of Israel over the last 20 or so years, you may have seen billboards that the Chabad Lubavitch put up with pictures of their rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who, who died, but they held was Messiah. And these billboards would say, Melech Mashiach, King Messiah. And they identified their rabbi as the King Messiah. Wrong. There's another Messiah, and there's another king. It turns out that King Messiah is God the king. 
This is one of the most important proclamations that, that we need to be able to make. Who is Mashiach? Yeshua. And who is Yeshua? Adonai. The Messiah is the Lord. The Lord is the Messiah. That was a surprise for many people. But that is the reality. Saying to Zion, your God is king, listen. Your watchmen are raising their voices. They're shouting for joy together, for they will see before their own eyes Adonai returning to Zion. They will see the Lord coming and bringing his redemption. <clears throat> now I want to look at these two words, listen and see. I want you to take note. If you're one of those people that takes notes, those are two words to take note about. L listen and see. Spiritual ears start working. That's what the Lord is saying. Listen. Listen to me. And when the Lord starts speaking to you, and you listen and you pay attention and you become alert and you begin to ponder and, and to meditate on, to consider and to evaluate what you're hearing and to uh, adjust your perspective. When you do that, your spiritual ears become more acute. You begin to hear better. It's like uh, if, you, if you had a hearing aid, it worked. There was no feedback. You weren't deaf anymore. You weren't having difficulty hearing in a crowd. You were hearing what you needed to hear from the Lord. Listen, listen. This is so important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So without faith, it's impossible to Please God, and those who come to him must know that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him, who seek him by seeking him, who keep seeking him. They keep looking for him. They keep knocking at his door. They keep calling out to him, and they wait until he answers. They don't give up. Listen, your watchman are raising their voices, they're shouting for joy together. That is such a picture that is uh, a picture of the joy of salvation. When you've been through a harrowing time and you made it through and you're relieved, Sandy and I were talking about some harrowing moments that we had uh, on the road. One of them we were driving on um, 95 South near St. Augustine World Golf Village, and we were in separate cars, and we came upon um, a pileup in the middle of the highway. And not only was it a pileup, but the pileup was growing. By that I mean more cars were running into cars. And she was in one car and I was in another and we couldn't see each other. And I tell you, um, somehow we threaded through there without any destruction whatsoever. It was an amazing moment. But after I made it through, I pulled off the highway and I called her because I didn't know what had happened to her and I couldn't tell if she in the pileup. 
And somehow we connected, and I just asked this question, are you okay? And she said, you won't believe what happened. I said, I will believe it. I just went through it too. I don't know if you've ever been through a harrowing situation like that, where it could have cost you your life if it had gone a different way. It could have seriously injured you. How many have had that kind of uh, near disaster and you made it through and at the end, after all the adrenaline cleared, you could start laughing. Have you ever done that? It's like, whoa, we made it. I remember we were visiting our son in Richmond, Virginia. We were on the highway. Uh, We had driven from the D.C. area down to Richmond. And in front of our eyes, tractor-trailer trucks started spinning. And then other cars started moving around. And we somehow wove through this obstacle course and got to the other side and stopped our car. And, and I said, what just happened? And it was like an accident in front of our eyes. But we made it through without a scratch. And after you get through the adrenaline, there's joy. Oh, man, we made it. How did we make it? I don't know. How did we make it? I do know. How did we make it? The Lord helped us through it. Listen. Your watchmen are raising their voices. They're shouting for joy together. You know what that means? The ones who are standing guard, who understood the threat, who saw the threat and were prepared to warn everybody, you know, man your positions. Everyone get ready. The battle's about to begin. They're saying, hallelujah! It's over. It's over. We made it. They're happy. They're shouting for joy together. Listen, and then it goes on. For they will see before their own eyes the Lord returning to Zion. They will see. I want you to see the connection now. Spiritual ears start working. Spiritual eyes start working. And you can see You can hear, you can understand what would otherwise be invisible and incomprehensible. Now, somehow we made it through the storm. But it's not the storm I'm talking about. It's the storms of life that you may be in the middle of, or you may be about to go in, or you may know someone who's going through. And I want you to encourage other people and to let them know that God can be with them through the storm and he can bring them through the storm to the other side. And when they get to the other side, there will be help and mercy and comfort. There will be joy. And you, if you have it yourself, you can give it to other people. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're giving thanks to God for his protection. And you're giving thanks to God because we survived a great trial or a threat. And give thanks to God for his mercy and his compassion and his unmerited grace. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not because you're better than the ones who didn't get spared. It's important to give thanks in public so that other people know you're okay. 
And when you do this, it opens our spiritual eyes, it opens our spiritual ears, and we can recognize the protection of God, and we can be grateful that we survived a great trial or threat, and you know what? We grow in our capacity to hear God and to perceive what God is doing, to notice what he's doing, and to see life from a different perspective. And that has a powerful effect on our fears and our sense of threat. It reminds me of what Colossians 3.3 says. You have died already, and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. You've already died. If you're afraid of death, don't worry. You're already dead. You've been raised from the dead. Being immersed in water is one of the ways that we participate in the resurrection life that Yeshua has for us because we identify with his death and his burial and then his resurrection. You've already died and you've been raised. Your life is hidden with Messiah in God. We're going to close by saying Birkat HaGomel. I want to ask you to stand up. I'll post this prayer in Hebrew and uh, transliteration and in English on our uh, Facebook pages for your reference. But repeat after me. I'll, I'll speak it in Hebrew and then we'll do English. Baruch atah Adonai. Eloheinu melech ha'olam. Hagomel l'chayavim. Tovot. Shegmalani, Koltov. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who bestows good things on sinners and has bestowed on me every goodness. Lord, we thank you that we have made it through a dangerous situation. You don't have to repeat this. This is me. That's the end of that prayer. Now we'll just add some more. Lord, thank you that you, you were with us. And thank you, Lord, that we survived that threat. Strengthen our hearts. Strengthen our minds. Open our spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. And use us, Lord, to bring comfort, courage, and encouragement to others who are in the middle of their troubles. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Before we close, tell someone, congratulations, you're alive. And we're going to close with Aaron's blessing. <laughs> you are alive. Congratulations. If you're standing alone, I ask you to move enough to be with, with others. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasemlecha. Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.